0: Hey, it's your girl, Lena. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our podcast. We have an amazing guest on our platform this evening, but I'm here with my co-host, Percy Robinson. Is there anything that you would want to say to our listeners before I introduce our very special guest this evening?
1: What's up, family? It's your boy, Percy Robinson, and I am once again super excited about these topics that Lena loves to bring to my attention. So I am I am happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Explain. But go ahead, Lena.
0: I have a beautiful woman that I had met on an audio room and I sat in the audio room and I listened to this woman talk and I heard her speak. And as she was speaking um, she did very well um as far as just defending herself on this platform and i thought to myself i want to bring amina to my podcast where she's not muted um where she mm-hmm. has the opportunity to say whatever it is that she wants to say whether it's something that people want to hear or not mm-hmm. um we built these platforms for people to come on these platforms and have an opinion So, you cannot build a platform, bring people on your platform, ask them questions, and then when they answer these questions, you cut them off, you mute them, you throw them in the audience, and all those, like, sort of weird things. So, Mm -hmm. I just want to say welcome, Amina, and introduce yourself and give us a little background about who you are.
2: Yeah, gladly. Firstly, thank you for having me um, and for... (laughs) Lena really saw me in a moment of turmoil. It was not existential <laughs> crisis. I have, you know, been in a pressure cooker of conversations before, but this was definitely an outlier. <laughs> so to have one person really reach out and say, hey, first of all, that was crazy. Second of all, I want you to be heard and I want you on my platform. I think it's just a testament to, um, I don't want to just say free speech, but the specific type of conversations that are trying to be cultivated here that we're not trying to be cultivated there. We'll get into that. Um, My name is Amina Kamau. I am a political campaigner. I am a millennial. I am a cisgendered heterosexual female. Um, I'm married and I'm 26 years old. I live in Florida on the Florida Georgia line. I've registered like 20,000 people to vote. Uh, in the state, super proud of the work that I've done. and I have a deep wealth of knowledge of electoral politics. um and so I bring that with me um and what essentially was happening in that moment and we'll get into some of the crazier machinations of where things went awry, but what was happening was there was a uh, general um Mm, the word isn't even apathy but like a general hatred for the concept of oh let's participate in this democracy and oh let's just you know complain about democrats and black men not voting for democrats i mean it was it was getting kind of weird but when i really jumped in it was when a platform or a room of discussion run by black men was continuously Pitting themselves against black women in this electoral politics sense, and I jumped in to say essentially, hey, you know, white people have always done this black people will vote for the democratic candidate at you know, wh- black women voted for Hillary 96 percent, you know, and you know, maybe black men will vote, you know, 91 know? percent. And there's all this hubbub about the black vote. Be going up or going down we never talk about the white moderate we always first go to what are the black people doing and it was i was gagged to see that happening in this room of black people and so i was like why are we being pit against each other why why can't we just accept it like yeah the vote totals are going to fluctuate a little bit but like you know we don't have to have infighting here And it turned out I was in the wrong room to say that we shouldn't have infighting. So that was my naivete because it went from me making that comment to now we're going to talk about Black women versus Black men. And that's kind of a common theme in that room. But I was new. So I was, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed and being told what it meant to be a man. And being told, and to me, it just, I'm being completely honest here, not to be, like, degrading or anything, but it it really sounded like somebody was inside of a Lego Batman movie. It really (laughs) sounded so, you know, when men are going to lay down their lives for the, And I was like, oh, my God, what? Oh, like, Okay. I I understand that you feel some, I don't know, obligation to protect, but to parlay that into a worldview where you're literally going to tell me, a stranger in this room, that if I say we need to get across the street, then you need to get behind me, woman. It was like, uh, uh, (laughs) Mm. what? So I said in my, you know, childish, you know, whimsy and mirth, I was like, oh, well it just really breaks my heart that that's how you see manhood that that's how you see your role as a man and masculinity it breaks my heart that you are going to such a fatalistic place about what it means to be a partner to a to a woman and i got some you know i don't want to say that it was mansplained because i was definitely asking a man for his opinion but it was so archaic dogmatic just uh black and white harsh hard-lined and so i i said you know i i feel like men have a have a hard time communicating and compromising because i think you know they were asking me questions like like saying definitively that black men are on the bottom of the totem pole so even though we have this hierarchical structure this misogynistic culture where you know you kind of know Part of the misogyny is that, you know, men are here and women are here. But no, when it comes to black people, the black woman is above the black man. And I truly had never heard that before. This is a new concept to me. And I was like, are you kidding me? Okay, well, moving on. But that was in this male-oriented, dominated space. That was like sacrosanct. That (laughs) was not an okay thing for me to believe. But I did brush past it to say that. You know, I think that men are accustomed to being heard. I think that men are not accustomed to compromise. And as women, we have had to forego our last names. So what, you know, what's a compromise? And when I was at that point told that men do this, this, and this for women, I don't even remember what they were. Like, we protect, we provide, and, you know, we shit talk. I don't remember what it was. But I then said don't you find that condescending? And the shit went off the rails at the point where I, a woman was asking the question, don't you find that condescending? He didn't say this is what men do. And this is what women do. He said, this is what men provide. This is what men do. And I was uncomfortable with the sheer lack of balance and me asking the question, don't you find that condescending? I realized was absolutely triggering. I realized that my unabashed femininity—I won't say vulnerability, but my honesty in questioning his perception of manhood—was so jarring to them that it was a. It, it turned into a feeding frenzy, and we'll get into that. But um, that's really how how the whole thing started. Was that I was Alice in Wonderland, and <laughs> it was it was truly.
0: Um, It was actually Dante's Inferno. Oops.
2: Yeah, it
0: it was crazy. You know, like I said, I was definitely there. And um, I told you, you know, when I had uh, messaged you to, you know, come on this platform. I said to you, as you were speaking, there were some things that I didn't agree upon that you were speaking of. And there was some things that I did agree that you were speaking of. And I was thinking to myself, why when you were really like like hitting, I don't know if you were like striking a nerve. I don't know if you were like, like you said, triggering something, but that whole thing to where I asked you a question and then when you start answering, hold on, wait a minute. I'm gonna walk you through this question because i want to make sure you answer right because I don't want everybody to attack you. Now that's the part that, draw my attention and I was like, if I'm in a room and you ask me a question, please allow me to speak. Allow me to land my plane mm-hmm. and, and answer your question. Um for you to cut me off as a man, you know, um or woman or whoever is speaking. Don't cut me off after you ask me a question. Let me answer my question and when I'm done answering my question, then you go ahead and you speak. This has been happening a lot. And I've been noticing that this has been going on in a lot of these audio rooms. Mm. People, when they don't hear what they want to hear, or they feel like you're not saying the things that they need you to say while running these rooms, they will throw you in the audience. They will mute your mic. And it's just like, no, you ain't saying what I... No, you got to go. And I think that's unfair.
2: Because if you have a platform
0: let people speak.
2: Oh yeah, I, I, me me asking, don't you find that condescending Triggered several other people And I, I kept describing it because I, I then, after this, you know, went awry I created my own room where I could just speak freely about, about what happened um, But what I realized was, and this is what I was saying before It really felt like Real Housewives And when I say that, I mean, the hierarchy of Real Housewives Is that you're going to have the OGs Those are the people who are running the room And then you have whoever's new to the party who's like trying to keep their peach or their snowflake or they're trying to stay as a main cast member. And so they have to attack the little guy, the new guy, the person who, you know, it's their first season or whatever it is. And I saw all of these people in this room coming out of the woodwork to pledge allegiance to this bullshit by bastardizing what I was saying. You don't have have to agree with what i'm saying or my phantasmagorical view of you know what men should be and what women should, like you don't have to agree with me but the fact that you're not even making your own point you are just using me you are just shoving me underwater to get yourself closer to the surface that it was was really what got crazy so once i was being attacked by just smaller fish nipping at my ankles Then I I was asked a question from one of the moderators. I don't exactly remember what it was, but I ended up saying, you know, I actually don't even feel safe to answer this question. And that was a whole other level of triggering. So now you have me questioning your view of manhood, asking if you consider what you just said condescending and refusing to answer a question because it's no longer a safe environment for me to give my opinion. And as opposed to doing a full stop and saying, hang on, I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable to give their opinion or anybody to say that they feel unsafe. It was, well, that's a you problem, not a me problem. And it got even worse and went downhill even faster. And that's when I was being constricted in a Fox News style type of mute your mic, combative back and forth. And one of the things that I really appreciate that Lena was able to give me context on because I was unaware Whatever happened to me in that room that day, when I left and went into my own room, started my own room, I ended up having a lot of people come through and say, oh, yeah, you know, that happened to me too, where we just disagreed and fell out. But then I came back and now there's like all this understanding. Oh, these men are so great. Like they're really, they're really nice people. Ah. And I was like, first of all, I don't agree with that, but but thank you for your context. But what I also kept hearing that, that Lena was able to illuminate for me was that Something that happened with me was different. Something in the way that I was addressing them when they, they played this long, oh my gosh, this exhaustive clip of Kamala Harris avoiding a question about reparations. Again, I work in electoral politics. So if you are honestly expecting Kamala Harris to say to any reporter, it doesn't matter if the reporter's white, black, or you know, extraterrestrial, Absolutely, I'm gonna guarantee reparations for black people. You are asking that in 2024, we lose the rust belt states and whatever states that we have now turned blue because the the issue of African-Americans in particular, getting reparations is so truly divisive because it speaks to the necessity to keep the most melanated individuals on the bottom. We have to have a bottom so we can have a top. And it is unfair in this, we're not in 2072, people. We're in 2021. So they kept bringing up how, oh, you know, Native Americans and, and Asian Americans for internment camps, everybody's gotten reparations but us. And I'm And I'm just sitting here saying, okay, if you want to play a clip of Kamala Harris dodging a question, Like, this is so tired. So I didn't remember that. This was after I said, I don't feel safe answering your question. But I still kind of answered the question. And then they play this exhaustive clip. And this is what really did me in, I tell you. I sighed. And it was the most, ugh. And when those men heard me,
0: girl, they went in on you. They go, who was that? They say, who who did that? Who did that? Who stopped?
2: (laughs) And here (laughs) I am. (laughs) I go, oh, that was me. Oh, sorry, I just (laughs) thought that was so (laughs) tired. And then I come off mic, but now it's now it's a feeding frenzy. Now they have to. I have gone from you know somebody who doesn't share their views to the entertainment and what I experienced and I think we need to have a larger conversation about, you know, what the platforms are doing to monitor the. it's the wild, wild west out there you as a moderator, in my opinion have a responsibility to do what you all are doing here in this podcast Which is to have everybody Be heard and have it be a respectful space But at the moment where your guest Or the moment where the opposition party Whatever that is Turns into sideshow Bob The moment where they, they go from you know Somebody who's participating To the entertainment It was, and I said this to Lena yesterday It felt like Generational trauma being acted out On me as a woman I was the cardinal millennial femme voice that had to be taken down a peg because if they actually let me speak if they actually let me get to my point it would not be the point that they were making but they couldn't handle the disagreement and they couldn't handle a woman coming across as more poignant than them and it's not a competition for me. But if you are not securely seated in your ideology, uh, in intellectual, you know, I, I don't know if if you're not f- fully seated in who you are and what you believe, then someone who disagrees with you will rock you to your core. And I was really saddened to see how many seasoned older gentlemen reverted to some very schoolyard shit. It's
0: the seasoning for me. It's uh,
1: called emotion.
0: Um, Let let me me ask you this, though. Amina, like, all bullshit aside, let me ask you this. Do you think that by you being on that platform... uh, and you dating a white man, do you think that that had a lot to do with that conversation going where it went? No, oh. no.
2: Me being, I'm married three years now. Um, it's the, the best decision I've, I've made in my life. It's my twin flame and I, I, I couldn't be happier. It's one and done for me. Um, we, I think we could we could we could ask two different questions. The first question could be, do you think that marrying being married to a white man colors your perspective? To which I would say yes. But if we're asking the question, do you think it had an effect on what happened in that room? I would say a hearty no, because my husband being white was the justification to them that I was cuckoo for cocoa puffs. It was the justification. Um, and the validation that they needed—that I was not black. Essentially, it was it was their ability to strip me of any validity that I had in in what I was saying about my human experience, my woman experience, my black experience. And to a degree, I you know I can I can I'm not saying I can get behind that. I can understand how my privilege, which can be independent of my husband, my the socioeconomic status that I've, that I've come up in my, my just educational background. There are things that allow me to access or, or have a perception of government or the electoral college or the electoral system or what America means that can be rooted in a privilege that allows me to see the system as something that I can work with. So if I'm in a group of people who are like, this whole thing is bogus, this whole thing is trash scrap it. You know, I don't have to ride for, you know, Joe Biden's not going to be the hill that I die on. So I'm going to say that too, but they don't have to, I don't have to ride for Kamala Harris for no way. And I'm over here like, uh, uh nope, not in the biggest swing state in the country. I am not going to spend more of my breath coming for Kamala Harris than I am Mitch McConnell absolutely not. And that can come from privilege. And part of my privilege might might be the way that I interact with the the system or the way that I view the system. So that's that's one end of it which might include my white husband perhaps. But on its face, as a woman, as a black woman, as someone who was being respectful in a room that I was not operating, i absolutely deserved not just to be heard but to have my point considered to not to not be made into sideshow bob when i'm like you know if you if you really let me on the mic i will side joe bob yo ass So so i understand why you only want to give me so much room but the truth of the matter is It was validation on the back end for how they had treated me on the front end because that shit looked so crooked that people could not help but come into my room and see what I was talking about. Come into my room and let me know that that's not usually how it goes down. Come into my room and let me know, ooh, that was a odd. But I remember
0: you saying something about they felt like since you were uh, married to a white man that it kind of made you feel like they had took you a black card away from like you weren't a black woman because you were dating a white man that,
2: a i day. mean that was the, that was their prerogative but it was all to justify my treatment because right. what was also happening and i think it's, it's important to point this out and then of course we'll get the man in the chat at
0: some absolutely. point but, <laughs>
2: absolutely but <laughs> one of the one of contexts that 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 i think also needs to be added in here is that what had just happened to this room was i can't say one week or two weeks before but their room had to shut down and was actually levied with an accusation of racism bullying and harassment
0: really and that ain't got shit to do
2: with me okay yes so that had happened maybe two or three weeks before so the whole group and their regulars had to have their own reckoning about what it what even happened and you know circle the wagons and they had a they had come to some type of resolution amongst themselves and then i show up and when i show up they lost their ever-loving mind i mean they really couldn't hold their liquor and at that point, when they went in on me, it was even more necessary, it was even more necessary to justify that, which is why in the moment when I was speaking, I was just a woman to be silenced. But once they had silenced me in an inhumane way, they then had to justify that with my white husband. That's how that worked on the back end. But the front end was me stirring, asking if they were being condescending was enough for them to be like oh shit here we go again so when I ended up talking in my room to one of the the men who was just so horrible um I I told him he had no self-awareness I told him he had no situational awareness and I I told him he was he was unable to be introspective about his own participation and for he came in there and told me that you know we had had some allegations against our room but and this is, we're gonna bring up some topics here uh, they they were accused of being racist but black people can't be racist so that's a lie they were accused of bullying and they were accused of harassment and so all of those are lies and I said well first things first I I am so sad for you that you can't figure out how to run your own room because you need to check yourself before you wreck your whole room. I am not an anomaly at the point where you have already had accusations levied against your group, but I'll but I'll give you I'll give you one better. If you slant your eyes to the side as a black person and say ching-chong ching-chong, do not think that you can expect to say I'm not being racist because I'm black. I really would like for you to get your perspective of how you are able to operate in relation to other people from outside of the barbershop, because that shit's not going to fly anywhere else. That shit is not going to fly anywhere other than this little click of a room that you have cultivated. And quite frankly, Ivan had a close friend of mine after that go into that room and screen record their conversations about me after the fact because i was the most juicy tea of the day the big catch and what they were saying about myself my union with my husband and how it invalidates my perspective how it invalidates my blackness i absolutely consider that racist i don't think that you need a social hierarchy and a power structure to act in ways that are marginalizing people. So just the the feeling that you can carte blanche, act however you want and say whatever you want as a black person, because black people can't be racist, opens up the door for a myriad of bad behavior that quite frankly, how, how the hell are we as a race going to be able to defend this when it was a takedown of me
0: because of who I married. Let me get a little uh, personal with you. You know, uh, so Amina, like have you ever dated a black man before?
2: You know, I have and, and I'll say as a long-term serial monogamous that I keep my, you know, I, I haven't dated many people and I ended up marrying my like really good best friend of 10 years before he went off to the military. And again, best decision that I've made. But when I was in the dating pool of, you know, whoever what I continued to encounter from black men was colorism that I didn't experience going to school with white people. And when you're, you know, going to school with white kids, you're just the black kid. You know, there might be, I'm just saying, for my hippie high school, which had the only PE credited juggling program in the country. So that really tells you how, like, the level of, of white charter school, art, artsy school that I was at. You know, there might be like mm, 20, uh, 50 of you at a high school, maybe like 500, 600 kids all doing their little art. There is not gonna be some, you know, I need to date someone what i need to date someone lighter than me i never experienced that it caught me completely off guard but when i kept entering these black spaces as you know somebody who's you know potential for potential suitors whatever that was so um unnerving and uncomfortable for me that i already as a black woman had to be smarter better spoken well-dressed you know, more, you know, intellectually astute. I had to be 10 times beyond the white girl sitting next to me, to my right and left, to even be considered for whatever I was doing. You know, be it dating, be it, you know, oh, you're just meeting your white friend's parents. Whatever it is, I have to, you know, black person has to work three times as hard to get half as far, five times as hard. And so now to be among my own people, and it's literally how dark skinned I am is keeping me from accessing just humans? I, Lena.
1: I'm so glad you brought up, you know, you growing up in a predominantly white area, right? Mm -hmm. Because like you, I grew up in a predominantly white area and my experience was different, you know? Um, Maybe, maybe because, I don't know, maybe it was a different time. I'm a lot older than you, but, it was just a different time you know i think the first time i got called nigga was i was five years old and that's in california um trying to like and this is before i even knew about race you know what i mean like trying to date like because i was one of two black families that was in my neighborhood and pretty much went to that school wow. so um Me not really thinking of race at that elementary age. You know, we we tend to like girls and, you know, chase girls around and stuff and be like, you know, you're my play girlfriend. But then I would only hear, you know, from from the the parents. My daddy won't let me date you because you're black. Mm. So I I look at it a little bit different than how how you would look at it. Right. Um, Black people can be prejudiced, but not racist. I can't stop someone from. Getting a job you know what i'm saying i can't do that (sighs) you know um but prejudices being prejudiced yeah i i can say some fucked up foul shit but i can't systematically punish your people you know what i'm saying sure um also my sister she's married to a white man he's a great guy i think he is amazing i really don't have a problem with um in a racial dating, you know what I'm saying? I don't have a problem. But I do have a problem with when like black women like do get into these swirling, you know, situations, right? And mm. then and black black men and black women and black men. Like this is this is like cuz I'm 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 pro black people.
2: No, you I know, hear. I like, just need you to define the swirl. Yeah,
1: yeah. If you're gonna say swirl, so, like, so swirling down, is like yeah, swirling so is, so swirling is so like a movement. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just the movement. Like black women brought up, yeah, you, know, you know, darker skinned black women brought up, which I love darker skin black women by the way. Um, but black women brought up to where like they promote this this lifestyle of swirling. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus. I don't see a problem with it. Right? No problem with it but when you start bashing black men in the process you know when when black men bash black women you know what i'm saying are you are you uh black american like your 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 I family's am. from here i am so, okay so you're black american i know i know, so, yeah. I know
2: my slave port but that's <laughs> that's about all we got
1: <laughs> some of us are indigenous too so you know there were black people before white people got here but that's a different lest story lest we
2: forget lest we forget
1: yeah, yeah but um but yeah like I I don't think you should be treated a certain way because you are are in love you know with a white person or whoever you want to date like my daughter is black and Mexican you know what I mean because there was really no options um as I got older I started dating with purpose you know what I'm saying like um things didn't work out with the mother she's military as well um but she's married uh, back Married. What, what
2: branch if you don't mind me asking
1: uh, uh she's air force
2: <laughs> yes
1: yeah so um but like i'm, I'm starting to, to date with purpose because i know mm-hmm. um being with a black woman sharing my resources with a black woman you know what i mean uh, if I can procreate again with a black, you know, with a black woman, you know, start that legacy, that family, you know what I mean? Because white, white people have been doing it for 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 years, for centuries. You know what I'm saying? Like they right. they knew they knew the importance of bloodline, legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like like, like yeah. they wanted to pass that shit on, generational wealth. And I think us as black people, we need to be better at that. You know what I'm saying? We need to be better at, you know, loving each other. And I'm, I'm not saying like, you know, this is this is the end all be all, but I'm saying like, cause like you, I go into these rooms. I go into the man bashing rooms and I go into the women bashing rooms mm-hmm. and both rooms literally make me sick. This, this chick that's from Haiti or whatever, but she immigrated here she had a room called black men need to be sterilized. Hmm. You know. And and to me I'm like damn that's some slavery shit. You know what right. I'm saying? Like that's some slavery shit cuz they did some fucked up shit to us. You know what I mean? And and all the bullshit didn't stop at slavery. You know what I mean? Like I hate when people say, "Oh, slavery." Well, there was a whole lot of other shit that happened during Jim Crow, black codes, all that other stuff that happened to black people. Black people fighting in every single war. Every single right. war. We fought in every single war and still got shitted on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you have a party that we are so loyal to. I'm not saying we, cause I, I, I'm not a Democrat. Well, you're we in California. So... Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But we are so just loyal to this, to this party that really doesn't give a shit about black Americans. And I'll get in depth with it. I I know you wanted to come off the mic, I'll get in depth with it. Mm -hmm. Literally Democrats haven't done shit for black Americans, black Americans, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And we are so loyal and we get pandered to. Like Kamala Harris, you know, she was, you know, California, you know, I, I'm pretty I know that's with. your
2: home state. Yeah, I, I yeah. gotcha.
1: But I knew she was full of shit when she was running. You know what I mean? She was pulling that, oh, sister girl, oh, I'm an alpha, AKA and all this bullshit. And now she's indie. You know what I'm saying? Like, like shit like that, or like Hillary Clinton saying, I got. You know, hot, hot sauce in my, in my bag sauce. sweat that is so like that is so degrading to black people like we are so condensed down to hot sauce in our bags chuck taylor's and hip-hop like there is we have so much of a rich history that we have been condensed down and we let this shit happen this pandering happen we have mm. been condensed down to hot sauce in my bag swag like i don't give a fuck about that shit you know what i'm saying like what are you going to do for black americans period because the asians they got a asian hate bill passed but we can't get an anti-lynching bill passed well
2: they're, they're not nearly as 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 divisive as we are white people no one. well this is and i i just listened to this 30 minute martin luther king interview so excuse me i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna misquote out here but one of the things that he talks about is is how we were turned into in in order to thingify someone you have to take away their humanity and having 200 years of slavery took away our, our humanity. And so we were turned into things, you know, there, there's a difference in chattel slavery, which we all know I'm preaching the choir here, Mm -hmm. but that origin story that other, anyone else immigrating here did not have to experience allows them to have a level of humanity that we don't, aren't, inherently given when people look at us or when they discuss our issues and that's what i was saying previously about how we need in order for there to be a top we as melanated individuals have to be the bottom so i can agree with everything that you said there i can agree with african americans not being able to you know racism is part of a power structure so me being racist towards you is not going to keep you from getting a job and i'm and my perspective on that is us saying amongst ourselves and to others and having white allies say this as well, that black people can't be racist to me is a pyrrhic victory. We lose as much as we win because ultimately, and I, I feel this way about the N-word too, so we can get into that, but for me, white people have such a hard time with no, White people have such a hard time with don't do this, don't pass go, don't collect $200. That for me to be the Black person that they're around who says, "Uh uh-uh, you can't use the N-word with me, I don't use it myself. I don't believe in it, I don't want to hear it. I'll, You know, Black people can do whatever they want to do, but it's important for me to keep white people in line and white people have a hard time with boundaries. So when they see me saying it or anyone, you know, black people, they are so eager to take any excuse to be able to parlay that into them having more access that I say, full stop, I don't use it. That's me. okay. but I feel like the sentiment of of that kind of I'm calling it backwards logic exists in saying black people can't be racist. So let's just on the micro level. I'm in my, you know, I'm in the Bible Belt. I want to go to Publix, which nobody should shop at Publix because politics. But let's just, you know, for the sake of
1: Florida. What's a Publix?
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. It's like uh, Kroger's. It's like uh, oh, okay. Winn-Dixie. It's like, uh, yeah. So I want to go to the local grocery store. And here... Somebody will really have a Confederate flag on their truck and be flying it through the parking lot. I will see that they're not any
0: experience. Get... Oh, yeah, wow. absolutely,
2: absolutely. So when we, so when you talk about that, that is also coloring my perspective of this, like Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Trump thing. Trump isn't going to be my boogeyman, and I'm like, Trump is absolutely the boogeyman in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, round these parts, Arkansas. If you are a black people. If you are a black person down here round these parts of Georgia, he has inflamed and sundown normalized. Yes, he has inflamed
1: sundown
2: towns. sundown towns and beyond because I'm I'm in a pocket of blue and a sea of red. I am in the capital city of Florida. Um, and it's it, it goes blue all the time. It's a college town, but you look to Northwest Florida at the tip of that Florida gun, and it's a bunch of military bases, and it's the police you don't want to run into. Same thing if you go a little bit north in Georgia. No tolerance counties, sundown towns, exactly. There are places here uh, I, I could drive 30 minutes and get to a city that closes all of their banks at noon on Tuesday because that's when the lynchings were. And today they still close their banks at noon on a Tuesday. So for me, when we talk about, you know, having to be, you know, Trump is going to be my boogeyman. Trump is absolutely the boogeyman. Trump is absolutely inflamed and normalized garden variety racism in a way that affects my daily existence. So back to, to racism. When you say black people can't be racist because I can't, you know, exert any level of power or whatever over you. I'm I'm dealing on the micro level of if I can feel a Confederate flag flying through the parking lot and somebody calling me the N-word, then I cannot expect to say, oh, excuse me, but I cannot exert that force on someone else. I can't say, excuse me, the buck stops with me, and I can't then exert that same level of terror on another racial group just to get my rocks off, get my top and socks off. Oh, no, everybody else can be racist, but I am only prejudiced. I feel like that is a pyrrhic victory. I feel like intellectually, in order to move the needle and get more people on our our bandwagon of just being able to say Black Lives Matter point blank period no amendments no addendums then I have to intellectually walk in line with what is going to be palatable all the time. And it's why I don't use the N word because I don't want people to get fucking confused. And it's why I say I absolutely can be racist because if I am going to say you are racist for the way that you are making me feel in this public, this grocery store parking lot, then I absolutely can do that to someone who's Hispanic. I absolutely can do that to somebody who is, you know, of, of Asian descent. I absolutely can do that to somebody who's gender nonconforming. I know that's not racism, but I'm just saying I'm not immune from the bad because of the badness that my people have experienced
0: so so, so let me ask you and Percy um, not to cut you off I just want to ask you and Percy a question um, being that I've never dated outside of my race um, I don't really see color I've just never dated outside of my race because for one I love black men, and then for two just time has never permit for me to probably even allow that to happen um And it's just it just never happened. Like, I don't have whoever I fall in love with is who I fall in love with. It has to be a natural bond and connection that the two of us share. But you guys have both um, dated outside of your race. I just wanted to ask this because I know a lot of people struggle with um, the parents. So did the parents accept you guys with open arms being that you guys were Okay. Yeah, person, you,
1: you go first. No. <laughs> fuck no. Like you get the looks. I don't give a shit. Like, it's not all unicorns and butterflies. You know what I mean? Like, we we really need to get this out of our head as as people. Like this world is a shit, fucked up world. And <laughs> to be honest with you, to, to answer you, you, your your question, Amina, like I'm gonna say nigga because I say it. And that's right. just that's just the end. Yeah, Percy the say it so much. The way, to,
0: me as a black woman, I be like, if you say that one more time, I mean, we
1: say, nigga, the nigga, way, nigga, 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 the like, way. Do I your do get- But but here's the thing. But here's the thing that's different. The way I used to deal with it as uh, as a young child, like I would just hit any white person in the mouth that said it. I, I didn't give him no the warning. You know oh what I mean? Like I, I I had to fight you know you like I'm all my sure life understand. i had to fight yeah all the, <laughs> <laughs> color purple color purple <laughs> whatever but like seriously like when i was younger like i i really had to fight you know what i mean because i didn't look like these motherfuckers man and like they will test your top and literally that's where i was like i was brought up in the 80s 90s you know what i'm saying so like we really had to fight you know like these kids now. I wanna not
0: to go off topic. I, I didn't really
1: get a complete. Oh, okay, okay. So so family. so yeah, so and to answer your question with the whole family thing, right? Mm. You you all you would get these microaggressions, you know what I'm saying? Like you would you would feel that shit. Like you can feel like when people when those eyes are on you, you know what I'm saying? Like, um not much with with Eliana's mom you know what I'm saying but like when I did date like white girls like you kind of like you was just like giving that eye like you know these people were actually talking about you and then Mm -hmm. they would say like these you know they would say these like underlying digs at you you know talking about you as a black person you know what I mean and just play the shit off that's why I can't really deal with liberals you know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> I really like the, I, like, if I'm going to deal with the, you're in the face type of racist person, like, I just want to know. So I know where I stand with you. I don't like the subtle racism where they're just like, oh, um, black lives matter. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Black <sighs> lives matter. Like I can't fucking do that. Like that shit is performative. It gets on my fucking nerves. You know what I mean? Like I run as far away as possible from these types of people, uh. but, but yeah, like just I, I I personally just felt uncomfortable being around a whole bunch of white people. You know what I mean? Like I really felt uncomfortable. You know, what I, mean? I really felt out of my element. But like when I got older and really got to get out of this town and really like start to hang out with people that actually looked like me and understand me. Yeah, I, I did get called like because the way I talk, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, I talk with you know, I don't talk with slang a lot. You know what I'm saying. So, so, so
0: did her family accept you as you being the the father of their grandchild? Or no?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And did your did your husband um, <laughs> Amina? Did your husband's family accept you as being a black woman dating a white man? All
2: right, I'm gonna start by saying this. First of all, I myself and my husband are both only children born of mothers who had us oh, wow. at 39 years old. Wow. So we're going to start there. Um, his uh, parents, his dad was a Lutheran pastor for a long time, but they had adopted a lot of uh, black children before they had, before they had their child. Really? And, yes. And then also um, adopted a lot of, um, oh my gosh, I don't want to get it wrong. Burmese, Myanmar, uh, I, I, there's a correct way to say it. I think it's I think it's Myanmar, but had adopted a lot of immigrants from that country, um, and had gotten them citizenship. So they were already on like the true people of color adoption tip, really living their faith in that way. Did they know that their daughter-in-law was going to end up being black? No. Were they also in Michigan, like Detroit area? Yeah. Am I from Michigan, Detroit? No. But still, my husband was he what he saw as beautiful was not exclusively through a i'm only around white people lens right so i it wasn't something where we, everybody had to do like the, some huge adjustment or at least on their end i'll say on my end i have two black militant artistic parents um, my mom is an artist. She's an actress, so she was in, ironically enough, Jungle Fever. White man can't jump. Hey, Boys girl in the hood. Which
0: was your mama? Girl, I a... yeah,
2: girl. yeah, yeah, sure. Um, if you've seen, if you've you've seen Boys in the Hood, right? I'm an, Of I'm course. Sure. That's yeah. the easiest yeah. one for me. Um, she was Ricky and Doughboy's mom. That's my mom. What? Um, yeah, yeah. Really? I love her. Yeah yeah so that's my mom Um, Many cult classic black films I I mean people say iconic I say cult classic because I'm a little You know artsy fartsy like that that's my mom My dad is a um, He's a civil rights activist so he's actually The reason why police officers have cameras on their Dashboards because the work he Did in California going Under he was a sergeant at Hawthorne police Department he ended up going undercover On his own police department Other police departments in California with like Dateline NBC and Doing Racial profiling testing on them um, Racial and, profiling Yeah so he'd just have a beat up car And wear baggy clothes But he would abide by all the traffic regulations Because he was a cop so they would secretly be recording him and they would follow him around as he got stopped and he got his head slammed through a plate glass window. Wow. They, they were recording all of these and his videos are still being used to train police officers today. But he is the reason why there is a bill in California that says if police officers falsify police reports, they are penalized for that. Not all states have that and that's because of my dad. So those are my parents. They're very, they're pro-black, black love, Seeing my mom as a dark-skinned woman in her time, which is the time where you were coming up, that '80s '90s moment. I love was, dark-skinned women. Yeah, but but they were not put on the forefront of television programs and movies, and she really had to fight for her space as a dark-skinned woman in Come media. Out. Come on, sis. Um, oh, but oh, oh, oh,
1: who runs the media? Just, I, I was just, just a question. Who who runs the media?
2: We know who runs the media. Exactly. We know who, run, we yeah, know who runs casting. Oh, but our, even amongst our, ourselves. Our friends, our right, but, but I'm just even, saying, but go ahead. Go but ahead. even amongst ourselves and even with, you know, directorial um, artistic liberties, sometimes black people, we, we don't have to talk about <laughs> Tyler Perry always making the light-skinned brother the, the savior. We don't need to go there. But even yeah, amongst no. ourselves in casting, yeah, we... <sighs> Okay. So I don't need to preach to the choir. I don't need to make that a tangent, but those are my parents. And that's the black love that I got to see. And I got to see my mother portrayed as a black skinned woman on television. And I was able to fully embrace my blackness, regardless of where, you know, I was in a gated community going trick or treating and I'd bring my poor white friend so she could get some nice candy bars. And they would ask me if I lived there. Next to right. her raggedy Ann ass, we, we wanna, I want to
0: get on that too. You know, just your background. We you can know, get on like that, woman. but I, I'll, I'll say, I'll
2: say to answer your question in in short, my. We had a weird situation where my husband and I got married double proxy, which means nobody was there. So we—he uh, was sent to Korea in October of 2018. We got married in December of 2018, and I didn't tell my parents until our anniversary of mm. December 2019. So they thought we were engaged that whole time. They love him. Everything's fine. You know, it wasn't like some big hubbub. Um, they really liked him already, and they knew him because he's been my friend for 10 years. But at the end of the day i was buying a house i was getting my military benefits i was getting my investment portfolio together i was getting my tax break for being married and by the time i let them know it was an overarching understanding that i've always done things for my own security, and that was a decision that I made to remove them from the marriage process so they, so they can say, oh, don't you think you're going about this a little bit fast? But once he was in the family, he was in the family, and it was just, wow, we really, you know, we love Jacob. He's, he's great. But there was an adjustment. Like, my mom is not, um, you know, my dad's super happy about it. My mom's also super happy about it. But there's also this understanding that we have, as people who are media and media adjacent, that my love story might not be overwhelmingly oh how wonderful is that by like all of her followers who expect her to be um you know the woman from boys in the hood they think she's that she's really just a thespian who is portia in the merchant of venice you know she really studied she did broadway she's so you know all of these things but when people see her they just see her as miss baker often They think that's who she is. So there's a little
1: dynamic there. And you know know, the person that played, um, I think, you know, James Evans from Good Times? Have you, you know, Good Times? Yeah. Like (laughs) they were. It's it's before
2: my time, but I do know. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we always watch. If you come up with Black Family, you're going to watch the reruns. But (laughs) but, um, I think one of them were. They were like a top tier actor, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I think the one that played um, not uh, Florida Evans, Florida mm-hmm. Evans and James Evans were like like these top tier actors, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's crazy how they get typecast into these yes. roles, you know. And my mom still
2: says to this day, "I will never play a maid and I will never play a slave," and that is a hard line.
1: My sister, see that's what's <laughs> up, see. I know i liked it for a reason um
2: <laughs> i come from good stock
1: yeah yeah I, I think that i think that is amazing that um you have such great parents like that and um you seem like a very well you just from from what i'm hearing from you 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 are a very educated sister and like i've said before i love dark-skinned women you know what i mean and i i hate when it's portrayed that dark-skinned women aren't valued because there are Black men out there that love dark-skinned women. You know what I'm saying? It's just not being shown. You know, Black love really is not being shown.
2: Yeah, you know and, I, I, and I want to say this because that, that really does break my heart. And, you know, when I watch commercials, and you, you always see the darker-skinned male with a lighter-skinned woman. So even when it is mm-hmm. portrayed, even if it's, you know, the princess and the frog or, you know, however you split it, it always ends up being... You know you don't see black love of two dark melanated individuals it's just you know it it does break my heart and i also want to say because just from before this is after your church mouse moment which you so patiently had so thank you for just giving me the floor to open up but when i was talking about my experience of being in the dating pool of black men and experiencing colorism that was my experience. I can mm-hmm. understand how micro that is, and I don't want that to, in any way, be no, misconstrued yeah, for yeah, yeah, me coming for yeah. black men broadly. No. I am just saying, I experienced, I experienced new um, colorism wasn't something that I had had come into contact with until then, and it yeah. was in that vulnerable state of the dating scene i'm privileged enough to never have to swipe left and swipe right because I, you know i i was out of the dating pool and I, and I got married but before there was really a swipe left and swipe right when i was just kind of dating around um that was such a, a a toxic signifier for me that i will say that i don't think that i pursued the concept of going into black love because i was not willing to be vulnerable to not being good enough for that reason and so just i i just want to be fair to say not coming for any black men saying that that's my limited perspective but i can also see how i had five brushes with colorism and that was enough for me and i said uh uh-uh, um we're widening our aperture once more we're going to continue this so just wanted to keep that out
1: there so why do you think colorism is such a big thing in our in our in our culture and i already know the answer of it but why do you think colorism is such a a huge deal you know with the whole paper bag test you know what i mean everyone is trying to you know get close to whiteness you know what i mean like the The closer you are to whiteness You know the better You know what I'm saying Like why is that Why do you think that is
2: I mean we can talk about European beauty standards But what what I always go back to Is that The barrier of entry for being an attractive white person is so much lower than everybody else like we can't talk we can talk about the one drop theory we can talk about the brown paper Just, but really the bar for being a pretty white girl is just like half a symmetrical face i mean it's super low it's it's it's
1: super fucking low low. i i mean you don't have to be nice about it like it's super fucking low like i i i'll i'll shake my head when i see like like i'll (laughs) i'll shake my head when, when i see like a brother you know what i mean like a nice build. Brother whatever yeah. And he's like With like Oh my god Like I'm like You would I'm like What, what? Okay
2: but, but let's Okay let's Let's kind of go there I know this isn't exactly What you're asking me But let's kind of go there I hate that I say this Because I You know I was In a ballet company For 15 years So I am dealing With my own views Of body positivity And whatnot And body shaming But I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it as is Okay You can see a black guy And he'll be like a seven right a cool easy 7 and he will be with a behemoth of a white woman at a at a, at a 2 at a at a set 2 2.5 and yeah. i just I just don't understand what's going on there. I am very um I'm compatible to my white husband. There's no disparity. You know, he's he's a little, he's a power lifter and he's six four and he's cool and I'm I'm conventionally attractive and we're a good match. Just a, a genuine match of two attractive human beings. But the disparity that you can get into in interracial relationships is rooted in a sense of self. There is a water seeks its own level thing going on where if you as a black person see yourself as a 2.5, then you are going to, you're, you know, it's not just birds of a feather. It is water seeks its own level because if we knew our worth as melanated individuals and the beauty and power that came from cultivating our own, whatever that means, then... You know, we could have interrelational we could have interracial relationships without having this absolute disparity in the looks department. And they've they've done studies on this, you know, they, but it was never included black people. They hook all these white people up to, and you know, they put them in Martian suits where they all look like the blue man group, and then they put them all in a room, and they say, "Oh, you have to pair up one man to one woman." They're like twenty of them or something, and you could reject people, so they'll shake hands and try to match up. A five will go over to a nine and the nine will be like, uh-uh. And typically humans, you know, the nines will get with the tens and so on. The threes will get with the fours. And it, it kind of has a natural matchup. And all of those studies that I've ever seen conducted were always, uh, <laughs> mono. They, they were always just all white people. And I think that course, when you throw the rich, right. Cause that, because white people are always the control. They're always yeah. the control group, never the variable. But yeah. as soon as you throw a little, Color into that. It is a reflection of your own sense of self worth, no more, no less. My opinion. You
1: know what? You actually reminded me of something. I mean, you, you said something earlier, and I, I actually, I actually like you, to be honest. Like, I, I think you're like a really cool chick. Um,
0: the feeling is mutual. Man, she's super dope. Like, yeah, don't, don't yeah, I, I really yeah. I really thought that I was, I
1: was gonna be combative um, with you. Like, I, I, fucking I, vibe. <laughs> I, I, was, I was, I was prepared roll. to be, I was prepared for battle with you, right? But like before, when we started talking, no, you were it sharpening like, your,
2: you were sharpening your pitchfork. Yeah,
1: your church yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, Ooh, yeah. But like, I mean, I, I obviously I don't agree with you on, on a lot of things, but I still think that you are an amazing woman. You know what I mean? Like you come from, from a good stock. You, you, you speak so eloquently. Um, but I just need to get away like can can the Democrats just get away from like a few terms? you know what I mean Maybe, maybe you can push this, right? Um, the term me. the term people of color, right and okay. black and brown like can we just get away from from that because I, I I just I'm so tired of the flattening of blackness, you know what I'm saying mm. like I am black American, meaning my family was here my grandfathers and whatever fought in every single war like Mm -hmm. I am going to delineate is what I'm saying you know what I'm saying like 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 every other group does you know what I'm saying like every other group delineates but us Mm -hmm. you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying like we have to share all of our whatever tangibles that we get right but when everyone else gets bills passed for themselves it's like okay, fuck the black Americans. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm I'm just tired of being, and and I I believe this is the whole democratic bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And like like I, I really want to root for for Democrats, right? I really want to root for them. Do but, you? you? I mean, I do. I mean, I'm 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 more independent. Like, I'm more independent. Like, I my vote's for sale. Like, honestly, my vote's for sale. You can't get me with, like, you know what I'm saying, collard greens and, and catfish nuggets. You, 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 can't, you can't fucking get me with that shit. Like, I'm not, you can only, you can only fall for the banana in the tailpipe, you know what I mean, so many times. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want, as Black Americans, and I'm damn near speaking for every Black American out there, Do we it. want tangibles. We want tangibles. Fucking Tangibles. You know what I mean? Something that will help us as a whole. Not just black women, not just black men, Mm -hmm. black people. Because I'm for black people, black children, black women, black men. Like if you are a black American, Mm -hmm. I want you to win. I want you to prosper. I love you. I don't Mm -hmm. care if you light skinned. I don't care if you're dark skinned. I love you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how we should all roll like our like literally our votes should be for sale period ooh, ooh, ooh! i said it
2: and that's the beauty of us not having to agree with one another so i <laughs> that i i carry i carry garlic in my purse for black republicans and i'm not gonna act like i don't okay? i'm not
1: republican i'm not republican oh no
2: i know but 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 see i but this is
1: this fuck them niggas the, too. But come go on.
2: Ahead. This, But this is the <laughs> distinction. This is the distinction. I I can root for black people and and silently say to myself, if you are compromising the greater vision and if you are compromising the world that I want my children to, to come into, because I haven't had them yet, then fuck you too, motherfucker. I I don't owe you shit if you're if you're gonna trip me to get closer to Whitey. Oh, absolutely not. So, and we could Okay, let's just let's just go there because we we've touched on, you know, Democratic yeah, party loyalty, we touched on performative allyship. Come on. I I want to circle back to people of color and black and brown because as oh, a black person, here we chills. go. As go a ahead. black person in Florida where, you know, Cuban Republicans are fucking it up for everybody, um I'm just gonna well, white people are fucking it up for everybody. Let me not Okay, but I, I can feel you on the black and brown because we'll say black and brown, and somebody else will just say brown. Okay, so I feel you on that. I feel you on that.
1: Yeah, I, on that. Yeah, I up on game.
2: I personally feel like there is a power in people of color simply because what we're talking to be- talking about before we were recording was. Kind of this new era of um, gender non binary, gender non conforming. And I, you know, I can have a different perspective on where that's going and where that's taking the culture stream. But ultimately, what does worry me is when gender non conforming individuals and trans individuals are trying to jump the line on black people in terms of oppression.
1: And yeah, so the for. The LGBT, you could say it, the LGBTQIA is jumping the gun on. Our civil rights But go ahead Proceed uh, Go ahead
2: Yes And, and I agree with so, you So for me I do I do find power In the palatability Of people of color Because I think there are Moments where Non-white people It's just non-white And it's people of color So I I, I hear what you're saying On that I have found power in it I have found unity in it And I think that Sometimes It helps delineate Between Um we're all in this together. And it's like, well, who's we? You know, hold up. So I'm just going to say We're that. speaking
1: French. You got a mouse in your pocket? Exactly. <laughs> well, go ahead.
2: So we, oui, we. Oui. Um, I'll say touching on performative allyship and, in allyship and the Democratic Party. This is, I'm getting into my policy wonk bubble. So if I get a little nerdy, y'all can kick me out the chat. no,
1: no, 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 no. Like I said before, get your shit off. You know, you know, I'm coming for you. You know, I'm coming for you. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm ready for you. Okay. so
2: we go we go back to, you know, we don't have to go all the way back to Lincoln, but we kind of do, because when they had the black and tans and the lily whites and the lily whites won over the Republican Party by kicking everybody, kicking all the inclusion out of it, they just took over the damn thing. So there there are some schisms that continue to happen from the white takeover of the Republican Party that started then. It only gets calcified with FDR's New Deal, which was racist. FDR's New Deal excluded agriculture and servitude positions. So we are all in this black great migration north and... We're now, oh, okay, yeah, like, labor. Oh, we can work with a... Oh, Democrats mean something else. Oh, okay, this is not all the same as what it was in the South. So it's kind of like there's shifting happening. There's a new social consciousness. There's a new um, uh, coalition, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And in FDR's New Deal, it was absolutely racist. But the concept of having colorblind policy was so... um, new age, that black people came into the Democratic Party and we, that was one, talk about the great migration. That's how we got here, was under the false promise of the New Deal, which excluded us, right, agriculture and servitude positions. Like every other
1: policy, but go ahead.
2: Like every other policy, but hey, that's marketing, hey, that's politics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now you get to 1964, 1965, you know, Voting Rights Act and, and Civil Rights Act, and that was when black people moved in equal proportion to white people. They moved away mm-hmm. and we moved towards. And it mm-hmm. has been the same way ever since. And it's been a steady march in the same direction. I'm going to point
1: out one but, more. Go ahead. But didn't Martin Luther King Jr. say before he died, he felt like he put, he, he, he walked his, his people into a burning building by yes. immigration. And I totally agree with him on that. I think integration was the worst thing. One of the worst things that could have happened to us as black Americans, but go ahead and I'll, I'll well, explain well, myself, but go ahead.
2: Oh, I, well, I can't wait. And that's part of it is because he, he talks about how the way white people want to give us, um, come to a place of equality is in installment, right? So integration was, in so many ways, free. You want to integrate a park? It's a lot easier than integrating a bus. You want to integrate a lunch counter? Ultimately, it's going to help the economy. It's a lot easier, you know. You want to integrate the schools? It didn't really cost anything. But to have true equality and to have true systemic change, that's going to cost billions of dollars. And so they were willing to do what didn't really have a price tag. But once you get into, and, and that's as far as they wanted to go. They wanted equality up into the point where we can say that we have it without having it not just in our functioning democracy but in our economy and that's going to cost something and and we haven't been will as a country been willing to foot the bill for what has what has happened um, so so I, I totally hear you on that And I totally agree with that And I totally agree that we were here as a raw deal What I will point no, but,
1: but out but Go, yeah, no, go, but, go Okay, so so the reason why I say integration Was one of the worst things Because when we were um, When we were segregated, right We were um, We were self-sufficient You know what I mean? Like like um, people talk about uh What's the place in oklahoma uh black wall street people talk about black wall street like like that was the only black thriving you know community but there was hundreds of them all over you know what i mean that got demolished by who angry white mobs right you know they were they were thinking through themselves like how the hell do these negroes You know what I mean? Like we have tortured, we burned, we raped, we fed fed their Mm -hmm. kids to alligators. We did all this horrific shit to them. How the fuck do they have this thriving neighborhood, this thriving community? They had lawyers, they had plumbers, they they had. You know what I mean? They had everything that they needed in these communities. Mm -hmm. But what? But but what integration did? was it just opened this door of like, now black people like, oh my God, I got access to white people. Well, you know, I don't know to do it myself. You know what I'm oh. saying? Like, <laughs> but hear me out. I'm, no, I'm, and I, I really and am. And, I, and, I, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying all black people, all black people were like that. I I'm saying, I'm saying there was, there were militant, there were a lot of militant black people they were just like fuck this you know what i mean like we trying to do our own shit we ain't trying to be around these motherfuckers because they've already done some foul ass shit to us but you had the boule negroes you know what i mean they wanted to <laughs> they wanted to be around whiteness you know what i mean they wanted to get close to whiteness you know yeah. but what what in the end of the day we ended up being like we really have no industry Name one. Name one uh, Black American industry that we have. We don't even own the hair industry business.
2: I know. Okay, but 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 now, but now we're talking in the hypotheticals of what the country would be if we had remained segregated.
1: And I, I-, I would vote that. I would vote to be segregated again to be honest with you i mean i love white people i think they're great you, <laughs> you know don't have mean? to <laughs> no no i, I, I think am like my best friend like seriously i know white people that are racist that say one of my best friends are black but actually my best friend is like <laughs> you know, he's, he's amazing like he is seriously amazing but like I, I i want it because i want us to be able to teach our own children i want us to be able to have our own shit. Just like they have a Chinatown. They have, you know, Japantown. Mexicans have their own shit. You know what I mean? Like, I think we need an area where we have our own shit.
2: Can I just give you the flip side to that coin? Go ahead. I don't trust white people enough to let us coexist peaceably. So absolutely, are we in 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 a moment where the disillusion of the black collective and black voting not voting because we we know how that goes but you know the black dollar and i like i i hear what you're saying and and i can try and envision a reality where white people and black people were able to just co-mingle but exist peaceably separate and i'm just telling you that would be flintwatercrisis.com.org. Like they would still have the lakes and rivers and we would still have the lead pipes. And I almost think it would be more, um, I, I, I just think that if, if we, if we were not segregate, if we were segregated and white people did not have access to, seeing the humanity of black people by being forced to be around us in some capacity, they would have that same white fear that they've always had, that gun clutching, I have to get them before they get me mentality. There, you know, one of the things Republicans or, you know, whatever Hicks will always tell you is, you know, not all white people own slaves. They love pointing that out. And there's a double edged sword to that. And I know you want to bring up how your great-grandpappy was not one of the ones who owned slaves but fought for the Confederacy. But at the end of the day, it meant something. You benefit from it. Right, you benefit from it. It meant something to you that if you are a white farmer with a donkey and you see a black farmer with two donkeys, that you could burn his house down because you don't want to see him doing better than you. And so I think that even though there is a... um, an unfortunate bargain that happens in in segregation where yeah they do you know consciously keep us down at the same time if we were able to have our own i think weaponizing our success weaponizing our power weaponizing our blackness would be so much more commonplace so I, I, I can't live in that hypothetical world because I don't trust white people enough right now. And I'll tell you what I tell my leftist, anarchist, Marxist, Leninist, whatever, friends. And there are many when they say, you know, especially anarchists, mm-hmm. get rid of the, you know, just 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 go to anarchy, whatever. We can just barter. I'll give you a sack of nails and you give me some flour. And, you know, who gives a fuck? OK, don't bartering me. Shit, okay. right. What, okay. Whatever the fuck they want. But I always say to them, you know what, homegirl? Or, you know, boy, whatever. Yeah. I don't trust white people not to immediately grab everything that's not nailed down. So you want to go to this free state. I don't trust white people to share. I don't think y'all have ever been good at it. So why can I expect you to now? I just don't. I, I think it would be a worse world.
1: Well, here. Okay, so here's the thing and i'm i i believe this i believe if if communities like black wall street rosewood had seneca
2: village yeah
1: yeah thank you thank you had a a military presence you know what i mean because we, (laughs) we we live in we live in a nation to where we can bear arms you know um oh by the way uh black wall street was like the first um neighborhood that the, um, government, uh, dropped bombs and shit. So yeah. For anyone who didn't know, for anyone who didn't know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Hooray us, you know, shout out to the government that, uh, thinks that they are, yeah. Black lives matter. Okay. Whatever (laughs) performative, performative, (laughs) but anyways, like, I, I really think that we have, we really, I mean, we really have to get our liberation some way, somehow. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I I totally believe that, and the way we're not going to get it is being is being party uh, party loyal. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? No, no, I, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying like go Republican, go red. I
2: know you're not. Okay, I still disagree but, with you, but I'm actively yeah, yeah.
1: listening. But. <laughs> But we can't just, it's its insanity to do the, the same thing over and over and over again. You understand that, right? It's insanity. No, you know, I the don't. Democrats really haven't done shit for, for black Americans. And I know I keep pushing that, pushing that home to you, right? Because I care about black Americans. Like my dad fought in, in Vietnam. You know what I'm mm. saying? Oof. My 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 grandfather fought in you know, World War you know, World War Two. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like every single every single man in my family, you know, well my dad wouldn't let me enlist into the military. He said, fuck all that. Good for you. Every single yeah, he said every every single man in my family fought in the military. You know what I'm saying? And 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 they came
2: home to redlining.
1: Exactly. But lucky for me, you know, my dad, well, I'm not going to say lucky, because I kind of got unlucky just moving to this neighborhood, but my dad had this vision, you know what I mean? He wanted to, you know, move us into this into this area, you know what I mean? He wanted his kids to, we couldn't even talk slang in the house, like, we'd get fucking slapped in the mouth if we came hey. home talking slang, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we had to be buttoned up, and like you said in the beginning, you, you had to be ten times better than that white kid, and yeah. that's how it was with us. Like, it was so bad, we had African school on a Saturday when all my white friends were playing on the, on, you know, playing around outside. I can hear them play, and I have to read these books like sure. before before they were here before Chris uh, for before Columbus. You know right. what I mean? Like that's how because I would always come home crying. You know what I mean? Because I was like, mm-hmm. why, why me, Dad? Why am I so different? You know what I mean? Why do they hate me so much? You know what I mean? And I really had to have that. And I know you hate this word, but I, that nigga wake up call. You know what I mean? Mm. I understand. I understood as as much as they like, you know what I mean? They play with you, hang out with you. They still think of you as a nigga, you know what mm. I mean? And that's, that's the hard truth. That is the hard truth. And I don't care what anyone says. I know that made you cringe.
2: <sighs> no, but, no, no. Speak freely.
1: But, but that's, that's how, that's really how they feel about you you know what i mean we could be cool we could be cordial you know what i mean we can hang out we can have a few beers you know clink clink i actually had a friend's mom <laughs> like seriously i had a friend's mom like i've known i've known this dude for like 30 years right. mom comes up to me after the george floyd thing right yikes this is how like and you know god bless her heart beautiful woman you know she's such a sweet soul but this is how like disconnected they are from us you mm-hmm. know she was like i've you know i heard about the whole george floyd thing and i really didn't know it was that bad you know for yes i'm like word Re- really
2: listen listen
0: i really
2: i i i have a lot of um feelings that i'm still working through with my white allies from george floyd being the mobilizing moment for them and i understand how powerful that is for them and i'm not trying to detract from that i was saying names before george george floyd and i understand that for some reason that really did mobilize you but what it smells like to me
1: and this is i just
2: have to be totally honest is that but it's be let, let me just be really clear it is absolutely performative, but the reason why it's beyond performative is that it's a form of martyrdom. And let me—I'll tell you where I'm where I'm getting at with that. If Donald Trump being elected was not that mobilizing wake-up call for you, then I, you know, I I have a hard time knowing what to do with you. But now you saying that it's George Floyd is like okay. I'll tell you why I have an issue with that. So much of the outpouring of protests and people leaving their homes to get into the streets was a direct result of our lockdown so if you can righteously get into the streets and righteously get out of your house then you're going to take the first chance you can get on this movement bandwagon okay so now let's take the performative a step further a lot of people posted black tiles Mm -hmm. I actually like the black tiles. Now, I know that's performative. Just hear me out. I actually, I like the black tiles and I'll tell you why. White people have such a hard time doing anything at all that you have to understand that the ripple effect that it's going to send through the universe for your white aunt to post a black square. She's not wholly anti-racist. She doesn't know about Seneca Villa. She doesn't know about Black Wall Street. She doesn't know about anything, but she wants to at least say, I am not a racist. And even though that might not mean any, anything to me, you know, registering voters or somebody who's, you know, out in the street, you know, feeding the homeless or whatever, her nephew in a lazy boy recliner with a Miller light, with his feet kicked up and his Confederate flag belt buckle is going to see that. And I, as a leftist, I, as a liberal, might not be able to feel that. But what I'm not going to do, is shame the white people who have such the barrier of entry for being anti-racist was so low and so many of them posted that black tile and then took it down the fact that you can't just do that and stand in it and sit with it and be about it just that Told me everything that I needed to see Because you're uncomfortable standing for blackness unabashedly I needed you to have that tile on your profile And then go to uh, your Thanksgiving dinner with Bubba I needed that It doesn't mean you were going to have deep conversations It just meant that it was enough for you to show anything Okay So I understand that it's performative But what we're having a conversation about right now You and I And Lena Is You don't want somebody to tap dance for you I say, I will lace, I will help you lace up your tap shoes if you're gonna give me a good show.
1: But That's is it genuine though? From. But but is it genuine though? It, it, it's kind of like this, Amina. Like like you fall in love with, you know, let's say for me, I fall in love with this girl, right? Mm-hmm. I really, 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 really like her. I really, 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 really like her, right? And she's really not feeling me. You know what I mean? She's really not feeling me, right? Mm. But like, if I try, if I try super hard, if I try super hard, then she'll like me. No, she, no, she doesn't. Like, I don't, I don't like the whole performative shit because it doesn't mean shit to me. You know what I mean, maybe, you know what I mean? And and you, maybe I've been on the, been in this world and I've seen a lot of shit that just people have just let me down. You know what I mean? Like I, I was that person like, I really was that person you know what I mean when I was younger I was like man I love everyone I think everyone's amazing I still do (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) I, I I still I still do right but what I'm not gonna do is I'm not gonna put everyone else first over my myself and my people's plight I'm not gonna do that shit no more and I really don't think black people should do that either like all the whole symbolic gestures is bullshit like like really we should just be turning our heads To that shit because
2: I mean I think that's really cute But the problem is is that you're In California telling me that The problem is is that there Are really places right Now where racism Is not covert it's over And I am not saying I, I am not taking away from your experience Of racism in California mm-hmm. I'm not taking Away from that I am saying that I work in the biggest swing state in the country I work in one of one of the three states that did not restore felons right to vote and we voted to restore felons right to vote and we have a republican governor who's just decided and ah, mm, not my cup of tea we're not doing that even though you voted for it right our sister state georgia has just gone blue and the measures that they are putting in place to to turn it back to red are such that we are and this is what was so uh i mean being in that black led room in space, they are all on that tip of fuck all of this bullshit. Fuck all of, you know, even participating. The best thing we can do is remove ourselves from the process if we're not going to get our reparations because everybody else has it. And I'm like, that sounds really good. And I can respect that you, you know, many of them have more years on me seasoned, if you will. I might not appreciate all the spices that go into that, but you know, lo and behold, I'm still gonna eat the gumbo. I'm still gonna, you know, root for my, my fellow black people. But I have not brought children into this world yet. And for me, we are on the precipice of it going one way or the other way. Right now, white people, Republicans, have more representation than they have population. And we are right at the line. We are at the line of, are we going to get bills passed for working people in this country? You know, I don't, it's just colorblind, whatever. Like people can be upset about this. People can hate on Obama because he didn't do enough. But the piece of legislation more than any other- And he wasn't our
1: lineage either.
2: Well, we'll I, I know, but that's always how we got to start, right? Anyway, let me not go there. And I'm the not gonna manifest go that. I'm not gonna manifest. I'm not gonna manifest that you have to be part white or part immigrant or part not exactly no, black no. He, American. No, no, he he
1: he wasn't black American. He wasn't our. I know. He wasn't our know. lineage.
2: Look, I know. But go
1: ahead. I know. But go ahead.
2: And and that goes back to you know you take what you can get, a, it, but it's fine. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna complain about Obama. I, that's the hill I'm not gonna die on. <laughs> but anyway a piece of legislation more than any other in American history to level the playing fields between black and white children's access to health care was the Affordable Care Act. True T kept you on your insurance until your parents insurance. until you were 26 years old. That is something right now. Republicans are not running on policy. They are running on who can best troll the libs. Okay. That is their policy. And We are so, we pick up two Senate seats and we can get some shit done. We pick up two Senate seats, rebalance the Supreme Court, make D.C. a state. If we make D.C. and Puerto Rico a state, you can throw your hands up and do whatever the fuck you want. Because we are in the game. Right now, we are so, we are in overtime and it's... It's tied, question mark, even though we're Democrats are playing with one hand behind our back and Republicans have knuckle cuffs on. So when we're at this point in American history, when it's t- really tied up in my this is my perspective, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give up right now. Now is really not the time. Now is really not the time.
1: I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying give up. I mean we can always we can always vote locally and I'm pretty sure that's what you're talking about as well as voting voting locally as well. We need to get behind a candidate that is for us. Like that's all I'm saying. And and people think that voting for a pre- voting for the president is the end all be all. Ugh. But we need to we need to start voting locally. You know what I'm saying? And we need to get the people that we need in that's going to actually pull the trigger and do shit for us. That's what I'm talking about. But it's hard to walk
2: that fine line. You can say that as an intellectually astute brother who knows the difference between, you know, we we vote for our judges out here. You can know that. But there is a, a contingent of low information voters who cannot parlay that into... You know, maybe the president doesn't matter as much based on my state. Maybe they're in California, but they are going to vote third party locally. You know, maybe they're in Missouri, so so their vote isn't going to count as much, but they're for damn sure going to vote down ballot. People are not able to factor in where you sit geographically where what is happening down ballot and put themselves in the process. It's so much easier to, to do the binary. I'm in, I'm out. So where I'm listening to you right now and I'm saying, all right, Californian, if you want to do your cutesy, my vote's my up for grabs because I don't want to pay taxes on plastic bags. You can do whatever the fuck you want, but I don't have that luxury down here in Florida. And I for damn sure don't have the luxury to tell other black people that you know, my vote may be up for grabs. Oh, hell no, motherfucker. I'm in a closed primary state. You need to pick whether you are a Republican or a Democrat and vote for the candidates in your lane. There are there are just so many safeguards. Just People don't even know what a closed primary state fucking is. It's so, so much easier to leave the process. So, and so we have to be okay, careful.
1: I mean, I, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I mean, I definitely understand. it, And I really actually appreciate your 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 passion you know what I mean Um, my whole thing is this you know what I mean we have people that have been and and when I talk about this shit like I'm passionate about black Americans like I'm passionate about black Americans and I have family that lives in the South Arkansas and Louisiana
0: Arkansas no
2: way
1: yeah yeah. I mean that's why I'm in California but anyways (laughs) (laughs) shout out to California yay me um But um, Here's Here's my thing Like Asking Asking black American people To be like You know Either you're gonna vote Republican Or Or Democrat That's just like Someone come up to me and be Like hey Percy Can I punch you in the face Or kick you in the nuts You know what I'm saying Like That's my options you know what i'm saying like that's kind of how i feel about it you got to come really, with a better
2: analogy than that when, when like, people are getting like, elected really. people are getting elected on upfront, in your face virulent racism
1: what in one are party. they doing for black americans oh come on no 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 what are they doing for black americans because Black Americans have been voting Democrat for the longest time. It, I think that's a song. Whoa! <laughs> no, I caught that. I caught that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's what it's coming down to. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are the Democrats going to do for Black Americans? Period. I hate to We're say We're not doing this, people of really, color
2: That was really Showing our age That you sang that song And I sang High School Musical Earlier it's, I'm a little embarrassed Honestly I could've yeah. come harder
1: hey, um, That Billy Joel Was the shit I don't give My mom used to listen To that shit all the time Oh for like, sure Billy care. Joel
2: Neil, Neil Young yeah. Don't fuck around with it Okay yeah. Harvest Moon um, I hear you I, I, I think what you're saying Is, is fucking fair Like I, I don't disagree With what you are saying I am I, I'm upset With how we've been Um I'm upset with the fact that supporting black people specifically is so divisive. I hate that. That is the case. I hate that having a bill that says, Hey, reparations for black Americans specifically is enough for us to lose the rust belt States. But I am, I am aware of that duality. I'm aware of that reality. And I'm not, it's the question of, you know, white people catch a cold, black people get pneumonia. Are you willing to get pneumonia? And my answer is no that's my answer and the thing is is you know here we are talking about we need a candidate i'm not going to drag bernie sanders the house down boots for filth, honey okay i'm not gonna do that but what i am gonna say bernie sanders oh, well that's actually quite refreshing in my yeah. in the circles i run in because that was a lot of the what was mobilizing um people's first in in my age bracket the first time they were like oh my god finally a a candidate that i can rock with it was bernie sanders and so i'm now having to explain to my white liberal counterparts who are saying things like how could black people vote for hillary because they have no appreciation for how black people being pragmatists has saved our ass several times okay They have no appreciation for that. They have no appreciation for black people who have lived through Jim Crow and who aren't going to go with the phantasmagorical free college candidate. Okay, they they don't appreciate it. But furthermore, when Bernie Sanders' campaign comes out and says the states of the Confederacy voted for Hillary after he takes a shellacking in the South, that's racist. Because guess what? The only people who are Democrats in the South are the descendants of slaves, right? When he's on the debate stage for the third debate... I remember it like it was yesterday. He got pitched the most. It, this is 2016, so not, the, not 2020. But he got pitched the most softball question. Hillary got a pretty hard foreign policy question. And Bernie Sanders got this. You know, black youth was talking to, I don't even remember who it was. But the question was, where can black youth find hope in America? And this was Bernie Sanders' answer. The black youth mortality rate is this. The black unemployment rate is this the black non-college acceptance rate, just literally a list, a litany of negative statistics about black people. And then he finished that. It was straight up a list with no nuance. And he said at the end, and that's why we need to legalize marijuana. That's how he ended his con. So, and I'm sitting there like, oh my God, heaven's Murgatroyd! This is, this is horrific. And I'm, I'm in that moment seeing how, my college toking white friends are like oh my gosh yes marijuana black people like yeah am i intellectually astute enough to understand the connection between (laughs) the legalization of marijuana and like african americans in the criminal justice system yes i'm able to understand it but white people are coming into a consciousness about what it even means to support black people and so when we're talking about picking a candidate our options have historically been limited even ones that people have been able to rally around with glee they haven't even had that nuance in terms of what it means to be black and i'm not dragging bernie sanders right now i'm just saying what has what has energized in the in the recent past but it's okay not, do, in, but no, he's he's really not my cup of i've taken so many slings and arrows on that shit that i'm, I'm I, not going
1: i i, I don't anymore. like i don't like that motherfucker either way hey but <gasps> amina um we have gone an hour and 37 oh minutes oh my gosh. and we really have to do this again like seriously oh, I, I, I i know i know lena is like sitting there like what the fuck are these motherfuckers <laughs> talking about
0: oh no <laughs> shit i did to start cooking and all kind of shit yeah no <laughs> I, like, th- I think that's a good i think that's a good place to stick to
2: stick a pin in it because what you're the question that you are asking is what have what has the democratic party done for black people what are they going to do and i'm saying i'm saying it's a ghost ship in terms of the depth that we as black people are looking for from a candidate and i do think that is sad and i do think that is you know But there's so much criticism to go around the entire fucking party that right now, for me, the buck stops with flagrant racism. And in the two party system, we have one party that's getting off on it and one party that at least has to keep it in the closet if it does exist. And so because it's relatively close right now, because it's somewhat neck and neck. I have to be very conscious and very careful with the way that I educate other Black people who are getting into the electorate. And I can only do so from my swing state perspective. And you can only do so from your lived experience. And so I, I do want to have more colorful conversations about this. And I think that this is the perfect forum. So I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy, happy to come back. Absolutely.
1: We're, we're definitely going to have feel you back. Free. Yes, to come back. We're we're definitely going to have you come back because I I can totally feel your Virgo energy. It's like (laughs) I'm talking to my fucking self in the
2: mirror ah, game recognized game yeah
1: i i i promised i promised uh alina i was like oh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go too hard on her. i'm not gonna be all like because i'd be super animated especially when it talks about like all this stuff but i i think you're a very educated sister and like i i really i really enjoyed the conversation that we had and um literally like any support that you need you know you can always let us know we can always drop you our social medias and stuff like that um I'm like I said. I'm all about if you're a Black American, I love you. So.
2: Oh yeah, no, the feeling is mutual. I was ready to go several more rounds, and y'all are on the West Coast, right? Yeah, no, no,
0: believe
1: believe me, believe me. I I was, I was about to take this sweatshirt off, like, let's go, let's let's get it. I I just really want to say
0: that I appreciate the conversation with you and Percy. Um, You guys sharing some of your your background and, you know, like I told Amina when we were having a conversation, I said we're living in such a judgmental world where people are just so quick to judge without even taking the time out to finding out like people's story, like who are you as a person before just passing judgment on a person, just looking at them and right. just say, I'm just gonna judge you just based on what I see, you know? And it's so much of that going on. And that's why we have this platform for people to really come on here and just really talk your shit. Talk your shit, uh, say what it, whatever it is that you need to say, get it off your chest. This is the platform for that. So whenever you wanna come back, feel free, to tap me up with me and let's fucking do it
2: absolutely it's an honor and a privilege you all thank you so much for having me absolutely
1: absolutely thank you well well, that's it folks uh i want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time and listening to our podcast you could be anywhere in the world but instead today you're here with us and for that i love y'all for that anyways lena you want to take us out
0: uh, yeah, good night.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. He's out.